on the Virtual Bible Study tonight. We want to talk about the eclipse. Maybe you saw it this week. If you didn't, you missed a good show. And a lot of folks have been making some spiritual connections with what was observed on Monday during the solar eclipse. And so we want to talk about that. The scriptures say the heavens declare the glory of God, and that will be our subject on the Virtual Bible Study. And we'll start right after this. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study and this is the virtual bible study for thursday august 24 2017 thank you for listening to the program tonight my name is jacob gwynn my father greg gwynn is out of town tonight i've got some uh some very competent help to fill in uh, his place. Uh, first, Monty Overton is in my father's seat tonight. Monty, welcome to the program. Hello, Jacobs. Good to be here. And um, back after a long hiatus, uh, Anthony Petrachko is here. Anthony, welcome to the yeah, program. Thanks. It's good to be back. And he's sitting between Monty and myself, so um, hopefully no fights will break out between the two of us. Monty, we'll have to go over Anthony if we're going to get in a tussle here. He'd probably take care of us. He'll, he'll be the yeah. He can. He'll be the mediator here and keep us under control. Kyle Barnes is behind the controls tonight. Kyle, welcome to the program. It's good to be here. Good Thank to have you me. here as usual. And, uh, again, we're glad that you're listening on the other end of the line tonight. Uh, you can get in touch with us toll-free tonight at 877-381-4567. That's toll-free, 877-381-4567. You can email questions at collegeview.com. And you can send in your comments in the chat room tonight. We would encourage your comments there on the phone or over email tonight. We'd love to hear from you as we talk about the solar eclipse and uh, maybe make some spiritual uh, connections there with some of the things that we saw. Anthony, you saw the eclipse. Yeah, I was blessed to be able to see it, and the clouds cooperated. We were a little bit concerned there that we might be covered up with some clouds, but uh, it was a, it was a very interesting thing, and we were all talking about. Several of us were making comments related to uh, you know, spiritual things or scriptural things, so I do I do think that it was on people's minds for sure. Monty, you saw it. You were well. You were close to us. You didn't make it quite. I to didn't our get all spot. the way to where you was at before yeah. it got going good. Yeah. But yeah, like Anthony said, it's a really interesting thing. It was a a profound thing, as a kind of overwhelming, and I guess you'd say in a lot of ways. And it, it was just really a spectacular thing, and it, it it did make us think about the power of God as we watch that part of his handiwork. All right. Um, it certainly was very impressive, and uh, and most I think most people in the United States saw it. Most of the people listening probably saw it, uh, maybe not in totality, but at least saw some portion of it. And we perhaps had some observations as well, and we'd like to hear from you tonight on that. Uh, what does the eclipse uh, cause you to think about God? Earlier today, we asked some some uh, some things to maybe get you thinking along those lines. Um, we asked how the eclipse illustrate the evidence of God's design in the universe versus our universe being the result of a random explosion or the Big Bang. Uh, what did the eclipse? How did the eclipse illustrate that God must exist outside of this physical universe? How does it illustrate His power? How does it uh, illustrate man's insignificance? And uh, how does it uh, illustrate the scientific accuracy of the Bible? We'll talk about that. Uh, and uh, how does it? Uh, what does it uh, cause you to think about judgment to come? And uh, maybe some other connections that you'd like to make as well. Uh, we want to hear from you on the program tonight. Uh, Monty, your son, after the eclipse, told, came up to me and said, you know, you need to do a virtual Bible study on the eclipse. I thought, what in the world? How in the world yeah, would you do He said this was his idea. It was his <laughs> idea. And uh, I got to thinking about that, though. And, uh, well, the thoughts started coming pretty pretty rapidly as to how we could uh, how we could talk about that. And I think we've got a lot to talk about. And we want to hear from you on the program. Uh, give us a call or send in your comments in the chat room. Um, first up, uh, how does the eclipse illustrate... Uh, God's design in the universe. How does it evidence his design versus uh, the universe just being the result of a random explosion? 
Well, I think, you know, we were talking, as I mentioned on, on Monday, I mean, kind of the, the one of the most kind of glaring things that really hits you in the face is the fact that uh, that I, you know, Christians can should easily be able to see as evidence of design, and even people in the world should be able to see this as evidence of design. Just the fact that we knew this was coming years and years ago, the the universe and the the uh, the planets and the stars are in such uh, predictable, mathematically predictable uh, patterns that we we knew this eclipse was coming. It wasn't some random thing that just out of nowhere happened, and we know when the next one's coming and the next one. So. Just that very fact, uh, to me, is a, a very powerful evidence for design, that there's so much order in the universe rather than chaos, which is what you would expect if everything just happened by accident. Uh, the Hudsons sent in an email today, and they said what stood out to us was the intelligent design behind this event and the fact that astronomers and scientists were able to predict it so accurately and other events like it far into the future because of the precision of our universe. Unfortunately, the quote below typifies much of the uh, modern science mindset. And they quote Bill Nye, the science guy, who was on CBS Sunday morning on their show the day before the eclipse. And here's what Bill Nye had to say about the eclipse. He says, each of us can take a moment to consider the diligence of our ancestors Uh, Copernicus. Copernicus, there you go. Yeah, that's it. Newton and Levitt, who came to understand our solar system's planets and moons, who measured the fantastic distances between them and came to know their orbital motions. I hope we all get a chance to see the bright beads of sunlight appear as the mountains of the moon interrupt sunbeams. When Galileo pointed out that the moon is an imperfect sphere marked by spires and valleys, he was imprisoned. We've come a long way. That we humble humans can understand all of this is remarkable, and despite all of the troubles around us today, it fills me with optimism about our species and our future. Modern astronomers predict eclipses like this one with an accuracy that no psychic, no faith healer, no tarot card reader can approach. For most of us, tomorrow's eclipse will be a -a once-in-a-lifetime event, delight in its beauty, but also appreciate that our science got us here why, why does the eclipse happen why is it because of science yeah that's um, interesting um, and the, 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 the Hudson's go on and say he urges us to celebrate and be thankful for the scientists who can pre- predict these events but no acknowledgement anywhere for the creator behind all that precision the scientists are to be praised for their precision but the universe itself was just some haphazard occurrence it is like Romans one twenty five says, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the created things rather than the creator. I thought those were good comments. Appreciate you, those. You know, things. I thought this week, you know, this makes us think a lot about God and his intelligence and his ability to design this whole universe and everything in it and the way it works. And I thought about the idea of the Big Bang or evolution or thing, and, and those types of things that people that are supposedly enlightened and highly intelligent scientists kind of guys and girls want to believe in, the, that they could possibly believe that this all happened in such an orderly fashion, predictable fashion, because they're already talking about the next eclipse that's going to cross the United States is in 2024, and they know where the path of it's yeah. going to be for, for the total eclipse and all these things. To think that that could have just happened as a result of some kind of explosion, just the universe part of it, is totally ridiculous. Yeah. And then to think that we could have evolved out of that explosion to be the type of people that we are uh, with supposedly some amount of intelligence, uh, that we would have evolved as males and females to be able to reproduce, and of all the species and all the types of animals and insects and everything they are, in the world, and all these could have simultaneously evolved to be the complexity that they are, yet the simplicity that they are, is just totally ridiculous. It is. And, and you can see that in that eclipse. I mean, that really brought things like that to mind, that here's this thing, we've been able to understand it, as he said, and be able to know when it was going to be, and, and go where we could see it. But to think that that just happened, and it's going to be predictable that we know the next one's in 2024, and I don't know about after that. But it's just ridiculous to think that that just happened from yeah. some explosion. And not just one thing it happened, not just All the of Earth. This happened All at of once. it happened at once. And, uh, and the laws that govern it happened at once. It just, all of it had to, 
it just happened by chance all at once. The whole periodic table, Anthony, had to happen at once as a result of an explosion. Yeah, or else you have. All the. Th- I mean, <laughs> I don't want to get in electrons and and stuff. But all yeah. the physical, all the physical laws that we have right. are just a result of a random explosion. It's just it's, it baffles the mind to think that that would be uh, something that would be plausible. But uh, certainly, this eclipse brings that into focus. Uh, Chris in Atlanta uh, sends in his answers. He begins his email. He says, "If you have any bumper stickers left, I would love to have another one, and we'll gladly pay for it." No, Chris, they're free, and we'll get one in the mail to you. He says, the one I received a year ago has faded. I guess at the hour and 40-minute daily commute home wore it out. Ooh. Wow, that's brutal. Thanks. That's laying a traffic for you. But, hey, that's an hour and 40 minutes that Chris is spreading the word. So thank you, yes. Chris, for that. And we'll be glad to get one in the mail to you. And anyone else listening that would like to help spread the word. I've still got one of the original magnetic ones on my truck. You do. It's Those are collector's the, it's items. It's been to the other side of Idaho and back. Well, yeah. You've, yeah, you've, you've, that's great. It's high mileage. It's a high mileage bumper <laughs> yeah. sticker. Um, yeah, anyone wants one, send us your snail mail address to questions at collegeu.com. But Chris says the precise designs in our universe make it inconceivable that all this happened by random chance. If gravity was a sli- slight bit stronger or weaker, our universe would not hold together. <laughs> And so many other laws of physics that if they were off by the slightest, we could not exist. In a nutshell, science says that in the beginning there was nothing, and nothing became a very tiny thing, and this simply became everything. And this everything came together into stars and planets, including Earth, and non-living materials on Earth suddenly sprang to life to form us. This is way too ridiculous for me to believe. I am glad God gave, left ample evidence and explanation of his existence. Thank you for that. You're not tonight, Chris. And... Um, Certainly, we believe that uh, that God uh, had design in this universe, that he uh, created it. Genesis 1, verses 1 through 19 are very clear. We don't need to read that. Our listeners are all familiar with that. Isaiah chapter 40, beginning at verse 13. Who hath directed the Spirit of the Lord, or being his counselor, hath taught him? With whom took he counsel, and who instructed him, and taught him in the path of judgment, and taught him knowledge, and showed him the way of understanding? Uh, our almighty creator uh, had... Obvious intelligence in designing the Earth, and uh, we would have to concur with the Hudsons as they're in their email. Uh, Psalm fourteen, verse one, uh, yeah. summarizes that uh, that response that so many of these atheists are having with regard to the uh, the universe. Yes, uh, the fool hath said in his heart, "There is no God." Uh, that's a that's a verse that just springs into my mind. A lot, because obviously the world is is so overtaken with this notion of of naturalism and humanism and evolution and so forth that uh, I say that to myself a lot because um, you know. And speaking of Bill Nye, I mean, we don't want to. You could do probably a whole program on on him. Uh, he's a very you know very antagonistic towards uh, Christianity and creationism. And has some pretty extreme views, yeah. I believe, if you look into it. So yeah. he's he's not just a science guy. He's he's not just the Mister Rogers out there. You know, he's actually a pretty militant guy. Um, and you could see some of that in that quotation. I, I think about the only thing he I would agree with in that quotation is where he mentioned how how small we are. And I think we're going to get to that later. Yeah. But right. I think that was at least one thing that he got right. But like you said, to give. You know, he gave credit to these men who were crunching numbers or whatever to to explain the, the origin of something like an eclipse, which makes no sense. But if you even step back from that, you know, the fact that we can do mathematics and that there are numbers and that there uh, that math is absolute, you know, uh, that, that in itself is pretty amazing. Yeah, uh, so. can you imagine, uh, you know? Anthony, if you and I worked very hard and, and developed some complicated machine, which maybe uh, that may be a, a supernatural feat in and of itself, but let's just say we did, and, and Monty's over here and he measures the gears and says, these gears are three inches apart, and we compliment Monty for being able to measure the machine that you and I designed, it's ridiculous. Right. And we yeah. say, Monty, what a, what a cocky... Uh, jerk you are to, to think that you're something because you can measure our machine. That's what Bill Nye's doing here. Yeah, He's saying, yeah. we're, we're so good, we can measure what God created. Yeah. Look at our, pat us on the back. Well, you, you've missed the boat there. All right. Um, 877-381-4567. We're going to get a break and get your thoughts. What did this solar eclipse to teach you or remind you 
about the God that we serve. Let us know your thoughts. 877-381-4567. We're back right after this. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Hi, I'm Anthony Petrochko, a member of the College View Church of Christ. Thanks for listening to the virtual Bible study. We want to remind you that our website, www.collegeview.com or www.thevirtualbiblestudy.com, has lots of valuable study tools available for your use. First, you can find archives of all there. We've covered a wide variety of topics, including doctrinal issues, moral and ethical questions, and many things related to living daily as a Christian. And while we don't have a search engine option on our website, remember that you can hit Control-F and type in a keyword. You'll then see that keyword highlighted on the page. For instance, if you hit Control-F and typed in the word worship, you'd find these past programs that we've conducted. Does it matter how we worship? What about contemporary worship and hand clapping? Our worship, pleasing to God or pleasing to man? And instrumental music in worship? That's just an example, but you get the idea as to how the webpage can be used to help in your study of various subjects. Also remember that we have copies of our church bulletin on the website, and these bulletins include articles on hundreds of topics. You'll also find some recorded sermons, some Bible tracts, as well as information about the College View Church. So be sure to check out the valuable resources on our website. Again, the address is collegeview.com or thevirtualbiblestudy.com. And thanks again for listening to the Virtual Bible Study. Be sure to tell others. Hello, I'm Nick Law from Jennings, Florida. I love to listen to the Virtual Bible Study and hear God's Word taught every Thursday night. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. We're back on the program tonight as we talk about the solar eclipse and ask you to teach you anything about uh, or cause you to think anything spiritual. Do you make any spiritual connections uh, during that eclipse? I want to hear from you on the program uh, tonight. Uh, my father is in the chat room uh, from well, from where his location is tonight. He says, one day uh, on day four of creation week, God created the sun, moon, and stars, and they said they would serve as signs for seasons, days, and years. The very language suggests the clockwork precision of the holy bo- heavenly bodies. Amazing. We And we saw the evidence of this this week in referencing Genesis 1.14. And certainly there is that... Uh, precision in god's design uh, in bill's bill nye's design it's just a random occurrence and it just happened to be that way but uh, clearly there is uh some there and so we appreciate uh that comment all right um next did the solar eclipse cause you to think anything about god's existence and the fact that he would have to exist outside of this universe to be able to create and control uh, what exists certainly would indicate that someone or that the, the, that being would have to be outside of the universe. James and family in the chat room tonight says, I don't think we are required to have a natural event or an explanation in order to explain something in the Bible that could happen supernaturally by the power of God. We believe that the God who had the power to speak all of creation into existence also has the power to stop a natural event or create one that is outside of the natural order. And so uh, the fact that this ex- this creation exists mandates that someone or something outside of the of the creation would have to uh, be responsible for that. Right. Sometimes we I've heard that referred to as as uh, let me see if I can get it right. But the the uncaused first cause. Right. right. There, right. If we have we look at the law of cause and effect as uh, which is one of the sort of logical arguments that kind of goes against the idea of of evolution, but you know, there has to be, if you keep going back, well, what caused, you know, the universe? Well, the Big Bang. Well, what caused the Big Bang? You can't, if in a purely natural explanation, there is no first uncaused first cause, but God does fit that uh, that definition. Yeah, uh, Psalm 90, verse 2 says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. God's outside of this this physical realm. Uh, and I think that uh, the, the, the majesty of what we witnessed indicates that, that, that God is outside of the physical realm. Mike? You know, when we think about this and, and, the, and God being outside the physical universe, I'm reminded of what the questions that he asked Job toward the end of the book of Job. After Job had been through all his difficulties and his friends beating him over the head, telling him what a wicked person he was when he was reasonably sure he hadn't done anything to deserve all this. And he'd been asking, if I could just get an audience with God, I'd ask questions and I'd get an answer. 
Anyhow, when God, he, when he finally gets his audience with God, God starts asking him questions. He said, were you there when I created these things? Were you there when I made the sun come up every day, when I made it go down every night? And he goes through all these questions about, you know, and I had at one point thought that when God created things, he just sort of started it and set it in motion and let it go. But when we read that, we understand God's still active. And so when we think about him being outside of uh, the physical universe, he's still outside overseeing this, so to speak, project of his and making sure it continues to function in the way that he wanted it to. And so it's not just that he started and let it go. But when I see this and the orderliness of it, of this eclipse, I, I'm reminded of that and those questions that he asked Job that, hey, it's not just running on automatic, but God's still outside looking in and influencing it and causing it to continue to function the way he wanted it to. All right. Uh, in the chat room tonight, uh, my father's clarified uh, maybe what James was intending there. Uh, and the question had been asked in the chat room, could an eclipse explain the darkness that occurred when Jesus was on the cross? And right, that's what right. James is saying. You don't have to have a natural explanation for that. God is supernatural. He, he He's not bound by the constraints of the physical world, and he could uh, cause uh, the darkness that was experienced as Jesus was hanging on the cross. Yeah, we that was one of the first things that came to my mind uh, w- with the eclipse. That was my mind immediately sort of went to that time. And uh was it three hours, right? Three hours, right. And so, no, obviously what we saw was two and a half minutes at best, and so... Uh, and isolated to a 70-mile right. strip. Yeah. So that was clearly not simply a solar eclipse as we saw on Monday. So, uh, exactly. That that was supernatural. It, there's no known natural explanation that, that we can see. Yeah. All right. 877-381-4567. Appreciate all the comments tonight. Chris says this universe has physical laws and limitations. An all-powerful God would have to exist outside of this universe in order to be all-powerful. That's a good point. Uh, and uh, thank you for that, Chris. Um, you know, Stephen says there is a natural explanation, and we wouldn't like the answer. Well, we'd like to hear the answer, uh, there, the natural explanation, uh, Stephen. Um, God's power... I think was clearly evidenced in the eclipse. Well, you know, if we was going to look at it as a natural explanation, because of the order of the universe, we could calculate backwards the paths of the sun and the moon and the stars and all this, and we could calculate and see if there was an eclipse, a three-hour-long eclipse during the time that Jesus would have been on the cross. And if that was the case, we'd have heard about it a long time ago. Yeah. Because some scientists like Bill Nye, who's very, like we mentioned, is very antagonistic toward a belief in God would have already said, "Hey, we've calculated back, and here's what you know, y'all say: Jesus hung on the cross, and it was a supernatural darkness for three hours." He'd say, "Oh no, this is because of whatever yeah. events he would." Do. So obviously, that's not the case. Yeah. All right. Um, On to God's power. I think that was very clearly evidenced here in the eclipse. And uh, Monty, I think as we saw those uh, celestial bodies in motion there, uh, that's clearly God's power is manifest and being able to create the things that we saw just with his speech. You know, it was to me it was incredible when the total eclipse was on and you could actually watch that with the naked eye. And I'd heard all week long on the radio, don't you know, you can during that, but be careful afterwards, right before, right afterwards, because it'll blind you. Well, as the moon broke past the corner of the sun from where we was at that upper right-hand corner and it peaked out, and it was so bright and overwhelming, I thought, how could anybody possibly watch that with the naked eye? But we know you in advance to be careful of that because it'll blind you. And so we can see the fact that God could create something like that so incredibly bright as the sun and something else so small and insignificant as the moon could block it out to where we could actually look and see the corona around it. And as you all mentioned, you've seen other planets in the sky and stars during that time frame. The fact that he could create that and have it work like that where we could see that and and still know that we had to be careful or we'd get blinded by it. It was just an overwhelming sight to me, and it just totally demonstrated to me the power of God. That And all of this is so orderly and exact that we can know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, you, you know, I had the same uh, experience when it first, you know, started to move away, you know, when that sun first started to reappear, that was extremely bright. I, I was like, whoa. But um, but what we all commented, and some other people I was talking to my coworkers, was that uh, how bright everything continued to remain, even though the sun was like 80% covered. It was still bright, mm-hmm. and it was still hot. 
And so that we were all saying, wow, that just shows how immensely powerful the sun is and how how much energy and power is in that that star is pretty amazing. Um, but, you know, another comment, too, and we'll probably I know you want to get to some scriptures here, Jacob. But, uh, you know, and this goes a little bit back to the design uh, aspect as well. But my brother in law commented, well, just think about. If the moon were any farther away from us, right. this wouldn't be happening right now. Right. I mean, it might, it would still cover up the sun to a degree, but God ordered things exactly so that the moon com- exactly covers up the sun. Pretty, pretty strange. I mean, you know, the odds of that happening right. by accident are almost, well, are zero. Um, so, but yet because of that design, we all the, you know, everybody stopped. Everybody was doing this, and, and a lot of people were thinking along spiritual lines. It's you know you can tie it all all back to intent. All right, look at uh, Isaiah forty with me. Uh, Isaiah forty verse twelve: Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hands and meted out heaven with a span, and comprehended the dust, dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? You know God's uh, power and His immenseness is seen in in the language here that he could meet out or measure heaven with a span the, the the distance between his thumb and finger if he had one just his immense power and might verse 26 of Isaiah 40 lift up your eyes on high and behold who hath created these things that bringeth out their host by number he calleth them all by names by the greatness of his might for that he is strong in power not one faileth you know we talk about the sun and the moon being aligned but they're just a, a almost immeasurable fraction of all the other bodies that God created just by speaking the words. And uh, and so we felt the immenseness of those two bodies, but imagine the whole universe, and God created it just with, with his speech. And if you think about it, the power and awesomeness of God, if we could possibly get something the size of the earth and its weight and mass propelled and going... And then get something the size of the moon propelled and going, and get the sun pro- propelled and going, and getting all these to line up just once like that, it'd be really incredible. Then you think of all the other heavenly bodies and the gravitational pulls that you know the sun, the moon, and the earth have on each other, and then the p- gravitational pulls that all these others has, and there it's just beyond a mat- comprehension that we could ca- we couldn't calculate it. We, we could take our greatest computers and put them all to work for a gazillion years, and we couldn't calculate what it would take to do that, how these things interact together, and God just spoke it into existence. Yeah, exactly. I, Jeremiah 32, verse 17, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. Certainly, we can uh, echo those thoughts after witnessing the, what we witnessed on Monday, that there is nothing too hard for God. And, and right. this, this illustrates that. Uh, Kyle, we haven't heard from you tonight. Any thoughts from you? I mean, I haven't come to you, Kyle, because, well, you're one of the few that didn't see the eclipse. That's right. I oh. was asleep, man. Yeah, you were asleep. <laughs> uh, night shift tonight, so. uh, got you there. But uh, yeah, any thoughts? No, which I know we're going to get to it uh, shortly with uh, man's insignificance. Uh, but it just... When it comes to size, the size, like Monty was talking about, the size of these heavenly bodies, and just, you know, we're sitting microscopically on Earth, and it's just looking, and just the size of the planets, and the Earth, and the moon, and the sun. It's like when everything just lines up, it just really makes us, you know, we're just, you know, puts yeah. everything in perspective a little bit. Yeah, well, our power compared to God's is certainly, uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, those, that are, those atheists and scientists have certainly... Flip that on its head. Uh, Dwight says, each time it rains its toes and a rainbow comes out, how this shows God's greatness, the heat and the cold. All this God created, so amazing. Amen to that, Dwight. It certainly is, and we're seeing his power all around us. Uh, don't have to have a, something as uh, extraordinary as an eclipse to witness his power. Uh, the rain, uh, as Dwight mentioned, and the rainbow uh, certainly do that. All right, uh, let's get a break. We'll get back. We can talk some more about God's power. We've got some comments from Chris to include in that as well. And we'd like your comments as well. Uh, give us a call toll-free, 877-381-4567. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. We have a very simple question to ask. Is your heart right with God? 
As you think about your answer to this most important of all questions, we'd like you to consider these observations. First, you might as well be honest about this because in 1 John chapter 3, verse 20, it says, If our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. So then if you've never obeyed the gospel or if you are unfaithful in your service as a Christian, you ought to own up to the reality of your dangerous spiritual condition. After all, you can't hide these things from God. Judgment is as certain as life itself. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it says, It is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Romans 14, verse 12 says, So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Third, in light of these facts, perhaps you should begin right now thinking about a good excuse that you can use on the day of judgment. A few favorites will surely be, I was too busy. I didn't feel well. I had family obligations. My work demanded so much of my time. The people at church were unfriendly. I didn't like the preacher or the elders or the teachers. Feel free to pick any one of these, or perhaps you can come up with one of your own that seems more appropriate for your own particular situation. But we must warn you, however, that the excuse you choose, no matter how good it seems, will not be good enough. The truth of the matter is stated in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10, We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. So our best advice, then, is to get right with God. It is ultimately important, and excuses just won't get the job done. Not now, and certainly not in the judgment. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. I'm James Buchanan from Columbia, Tennessee, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. We're waiting to hear from you. Call in right now and join in on the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. And we're back on the program tonight. Reminding you, this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Our website, if you've never been to our website, is thevirtualbiblestudy.com. You know, people don't have to go to your website to listen to your podcast. They can get it on our Apple I, uh, Apple I, uh, Podcast. You can get it on, I don't know what kind of podcast. Podcast Republic, maybe. Podcast Republic is what Monty uses. But oh. you, you don't have to go to our website. But if you're listening and you've never been there, you'll want to check it out. It's the virtual Bible study. Dot com. Well, the website's good because after you've listened to all the podcasts of the Virtual Bible Study and all the podcasts of the sermons on there, then you can go back and pick up other sermons on the website and things like that that aren't on the podcast. So there's a wealth of information there yeah, check it that's out. available. Thanks for the plug, Monty. It's thevirtualbiblestudy.com. And we would encourage you, if you're anywhere near Columbia, Tennessee, come and worship with us. Find out where we meet, what time we meet. Uh, on our website again, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. And, uh, the new listener Donna has sent an email tonight wanting a bumper sticker. Again, we'll make that offer available to anyone. If you want a bumper sticker to help us get the word out, send your emails to your snail mail address to questions at collegeview.com. We'll get those to you in the mail free of charge. Help you get the word out there because the program is better with more participants and more comments. And so we welcome uh, you to send those in. And we want to hear your thoughts if you have questions that you'd like discussed on this program. Or if you have suggestions for future editions, send it in to questions at collegeview.com. We're talking about the power of God that was evidenced in uh, that solar eclipse. Chris says, if you stop and look at how intricate everything is, like an eyeball, DNA, etc., and then realize how big this universe is, it will leave you in awe. So he's saying you could go down as small as you want to go, you go as big as you want to go, and you're in awe on either end of the spectrum. And if that wasn't good enough, this isn't the only universe. All right. And he says, then realize that all God had to do is speak, and this amazing universe down to the smallest molecular level was created. As the hymn reads, what a mighty God we serve. Amen to that, Chris. Uh, and excellent comments. Um, and um, you know, lots of verses we could talk about this. Psalm 33, beginning verse 6. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made. And all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathereth the waters of the sea together as a heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. It's yep. It's hard. It's really hard to fathom. I think you know because we are, as we talked about earlier, God is not. He's outside of this physical world. Uh, you know, he he obviously has a role, as we've also pointed out. He he is active in our physical universe, but he exists outside of it. So it's hard for us sometimes to fully wrap our brain around it. But when we consider all the planets and all the stars and all the intricacies of our physical world, we know that some someone very powerful had to be behind that. So Jeremiah 10, verse 10, But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and an everlasting king. At his wrath the earth shall tremble, and the nations shall not abi- uh, be able to abide his indignation. They shall, uh, thus shall you say to him, 
The gods that have not made the heavens and the earth, even they shall perish from the earth, and from under these heavens. He hath made the earth by his power, he hath established the world by his wisdom, and hath stretched out the heavens by his discretion. We witnessed that on Monday, and uh, certainly uh, it is amazing. I want to hear your thoughts. Uh, the best way to get those in is to give us a call tonight on the line toll-free, 877-381-4567. You know, something I always thought was interesting about the power of God, in the verse we read in Psalms 33 a minute ago, it talks about he gathered the waters to sea together as a heap. And another place talks about he set their boundaries for them and said they could go this far and yeah. no more. Yeah. It's interesting to me that the material that he used to set these boundaries of the seas is sand. Sand won't hold water, but yeah. he uses that to stop the oceans. Yeah. And the the power that he the great power that he has to be able to do things like that. It's beyond. We would have never picked sand to be something for a boundary of the, the sea. Boundary, yeah. But God was able to pick it and use it and create it at a word and use that to accomplish His purpose there in ways that we still really can't fully understand and fathom. As Chris said, you go to either end of the spectrum, down to the smallest molecule or up to the greatest uh, universe. You can see God's hand and his might in all of that. Uh, we touched on it earlier. You touched on it, Kyle, and that is significance. And uh, certainly I think uh, as you viewed the eclipse, you had to have that feeling, Anthony, that uh, you felt pretty small as you watched that. Definitely. Um, you know, it's it was very kind of humbling thing. You know, was, and just the fact, too, that it was completely outside of our control. I mean, uh, we we spend so much of our lives, I think, trying to control every, as much as we can and manipulate uh, nature. Yeah. yeah, that for sure too. And so, just to to know that uh, we were completely powerless to uh, to affect that uh, is certainly um, thought provoking. Monty, your wife after the eclipse said, uh, "I wish we could rewind it." We can't rewind we that. We can't rewind it. That, that's uh, beyond a curl. We're, we're, we're very insignificant when you look at uh, on the grand scheme of things. And we had absolutely nothing to do with it happening. Well, there's nothing we could do to cause it to happen, nothing we could do to stop it to happen. We can't play it back again and yeah. make it do it again. Yeah. We were just totally, just when you think about a spectator sport, we was totally just a little speck in the cosmos yeah. and able to watch, and that's yeah. all we could do. And we had to have special glasses to do that. We couldn't even do that by ourselves. <laughs> well, uh, Psalm 8, verses 3 and 4 says, When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and a son of man that thou visitest him? Uh, we are so insignificant. Just a speck, not even a speck in the in this universe, and yet God is concerned about me. It's amazing. uh Amazing commentary about the God that we serve. Chris says, I encourage people to do some study on how massive this universe is. God places us on this tiny speck in the midst of all the stars, solar systems, and galaxies, and loved us enough to send his son to die for us. To put some perspective on how massive this universe is, the nearest star to us is two light years away. We launched the Voyager spacecraft 40 years ago, and they have been traveling at 35,000 miles per hour. It will take them 40,000 years to reach this star. And he references Psalm 8, verses 3 and 4 again. Um, certainly, we are very insignificant, and in that God cares for us enough to send his son is, a, is an amazing thing. That's true. It really demonstrates his love for us, yep. that, that we are so small and yet he made such a huge sacrifice for us. And my father in the chat room shares a quote from Charles Darwin in The Origin of Species about this idea of design and power. Charles Darwin said, To suppose that the eye with all its immutable uh, uh, contrivances for adjusting the focus and to different distances for admitting different amounts of light and for the correction of spherical and chromatic aberration could have been formed by natural selection seems, I freely confess, absurd in the highest degree. It is, uh, and that's just one little aspect of us. And Charles Darwin admitted that it, it seems absurd that it could have happened by chance, by natural se- selection. Well, he was right. He was dead right. Um, and uh, certainly he understands now. Uh, God's power and God's design, but uh, there are many who, f- unfortunately, are following in His footsteps, 
and making the same mistakes that he made. Um, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Psalm 144, verse 4 says, Man is like to vanity. His days are as a shadow that passeth away. Uh, In in Psalm 102, verse 11, My days are like a shadow that declineth, and I am withered like grass. We are insignificant in our size in this universe. We're insignificant in our duration our, of our physical existence in this universe. We're very small creatures, yep. I think. Yeah, and of course, you know, the familiar verse that comes to mind, too, is James 4.14, uh, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. And so not only are we physically insignificant, but in the, in the span of, of time... Obviously, it's not as much time as the evolutionists want us to think billions of years or whatever. But, but you know, we're we're born and we pass away and we return to the earth and 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 life goes on. And it's kind of you know maybe depressing to think about it. But you know, we think while we're here that we're so important and that we're you know it's you know me 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 and we're so focused. Uh, Sadly, in so many cases, on ourselves and so forth. But then, you know, it's over so fast, and um, and the world continues. And like you said, that that God would create a plan to redeem us, even though not only are we small, but we're, you know, we're just a dust, we're a mist. We just come and go, and millions of us. And uh, but God still has regard. It's almost like we're ex- we're disposable, but yet. But each of us is not just a disposable shell. We actually have a, a soul and something that God cares about and that God gave each one of us. So um, it, it's very sobering. All right. You know, that shadow that passeth away that it mentioned here in Psalm 144, we really seen a, a, a wonderful example of that Monday. Because here we were, the light had got sort of peculiar looking as the moon started covering the sun. But for those not even a whole three minutes, we had that shadow in effect. We was in that darkness. But then, quick as it broke out, then we was back to that peculiar light, and then a short time later, we was back in a normal light. So that shadow that we managed to be in, that 71-mile shadow, a wild shadow, it was just there for less than three minutes. It was there. It wasn't there. It was there, and then it was gone. It just passed away, and we're really that, we're that same way. We're here for a while. And then we're gone, just like we had never been. Yeah, and so it, it, it highlights the importance of serving God with yeah. the time that we have, rather than being wrapped up in the pleasures that this life can afford for that minuscule amount of time. And to serve God and and to, to make the decisions that are of eternal consequence. Yeah, you know, we all commented, "Wow, that happened so fast." Yeah, you yeah. know. It was, I was like expecting a, to last a lot longer, even though we knew it was even going we to be knew. three minutes, but we thought it was going to be a, long, a lot longer than that, the, but yeah. it wasn't. And it I think wasn't. that's a good commentary yeah. on our life, is right. uh, we'll get at the end of it and say, wow, that, that went fast. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Kyle, any thoughts? Um, no, it's, uh, this thing, it's really, it does make us think about our existence and uh, just puts things in perspective. Like I said, it just really just makes us humble. It should, if anything, it should make us more humble in our uh yeah, and where our position in our life is, and there's just the mercy that God has on us. So it's just, yeah, right. Yep. Uh, Stephen uh, in the chat room con- contrasts that two and a half, three minutes that uh, the eclipse lasted. He says it's unlike the three hours at the cir- at the crucifixion, and certainly it is. Absolutely, uh, certainly a contradiction there. I mean, it shows us that it would be something other than an eclipse at, at uh, Christ's uh, crucifixion. Let's take our last break, and we'll go to the top of the hour when we get back. When you talk about the scientific accuracy of the Bible um, versus some of the pagan rituals that have been existed throughout time, why doesn't the Bible include those? Uh, we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. Now you can listen to a podcast of a recent sermon every week. Find out more at collegeview.com. There's more of the virtual Bible study right after these important messages. 
I'm Greg Gwynn, a host of the Virtual Bible Study. Thanks for joining us for tonight's program. The Virtual Bible Study is presented weekly by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Each week on the Virtual Bible Study, we simply engage in the study of God's Word in an effort to better understand it, better understand how God views us, and better understand what He wants from us in our lives. We're not studying any creeds. We're not studying any books written by men. We're just studying the Bible. And we're trying to study the Bible alone without any of our opinions or wisdom mixed in. We're only interested in what our Creator has revealed to us us in his word. We realize that we're fallible and cannot direct our own steps. As a result, what we think or feel doesn't really matter. All that matters is what God has said. So that's what the virtual Bible study is all about. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Thanks again for joining us tonight, and we will hope you'll make plans to join us every Thursday night for the virtual Bible study. My name is Jim Meisner. I worship at the Church of Christ in Deckerville, Michigan. Be sure to listen to the virtual Bible study and watch it. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Colossians 3.17. Now, back to the program. We're back on the program tonight, and uh, we're talking about the eclipse that uh, many of us witnessed on Monday, and hopefully you did, um, and some of the spiritual lessons that it calls, calls to mind as we think about uh, the power of that event. Um, Chris was on my train of thought here when I mentioned the scientific accuracy in our update email today. Uh, specifically, when we consider the eclipse rituals of people in times past, and note the Bible's absence of the misunderstandings of the common man that were prevalent when the Bible was written. You know, this is just one of the many things that people didn't understand in times past. Uh, and you would imagine that some of those scientific misunderstandings would have found their way into the pages of the Bible. Uh, we would write if we were to write uh, a, a work today. We would include the, the common thought in our in our writing. If it was right or wrong, we would include it. Um, and yet, science has changed the, uh, what our understanding is of physical phenomena over time. The Bible, when it was written, it was void of these misunderstandings. And uh, Chris says it this way. He says, The Bible stated many scientific facts that were unknown at the time. The Bible also never made the sun and moon into living things that were to be worshipped like many of the cultures of that day. He said, Many cultures worshipped the sun and believed the sun and moon were in a constant battle. During an eclipse, they thought the moon was devouring the sun and would make a loud noise to chase away the dragon or giant frog eating the sun. The Bible's reliability is just another great proof of God and his power. And that's what I was thinking about here. You know, I'd read that uh, they used to think that something was eating the sun when there was an eclipse. And so what they do is they start banging pots and making loud noises to scare away whatever it was that was eating the sun. And lo and behold, it worked because the sun always came back. So it must have been the pots that we were beating on. Yeah. Scared that thing away. It's not eating the sun anymore. We showed it, didn't we? We showed it. Mm-hmm. That was their thought. That was their thinking. Now... No, the Bible maybe wouldn't include that misunderstanding, but there were so many of these misunderstandings right. that certainly you would expect at least one of them to find its way into the Bible, and the Bible has none of the scientific misunderstandings of the day that it was written. You know, as we think about it, in Isaiah 40 and verse 22, it says, He that sitteth on the circle of the earth and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretch out the heavens as a curtain and spread them out as a tent to dwell in. Now, Isaiah wrote this... What, probably 3,000 years ago, roughly? Yeah. At that time, people didn't know the earth was round. Uh, the popular idea, even until not that many hundreds of years ago now, was that it was flat. And if you went too far out sailing or whatever, you'd fall off the edge of the earth. That's what people believed. Well, if that, but Isaiah here wrote that the earth was round, that it's uh, the circle of the earth. And there's other scientific facts related to that in different places in the Bible. Uh, so the flat earth theory or whatever wasn't included in the Bible because it was not accurate. Now, we know now because we've been able to take pictures of the earth from space and everything, we know that it's round. We've seen that. Well, Isaiah wrote about that about 3,000 years ago when they could not possibly have had any way physically to have known it. Right. So God had to have told them that. So, again, it's a evidence of God's power and the inspiration of the Bible that these things are missing uh, from the scriptures, that there aren't these misunderstandings. I thought it was interesting, you know, when I saw this particular question, I, I was thinking along a slightly different line and was thinking about, you know, we've said that a lot of people were thinking spiritually uh, and scripturally about the eclipse, but I'm sure there were a lot of people who probably went through some sort of quasi-pagan rituals around yeah. the eclipse, and they yeah. thought that that was what they should be doing. Right. Uh, 
you know, uh, doing whatever. They're, I've seen people even in my company that proudly say they're pagan. That's like a cool thing now to say, I'm not a Christian, I'm not an atheist, I'm a pagan. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's interesting that God, in the, in the scriptures, God expects us to see his handiwork in nature, but he very clearly does not want us to worship nature. Yeah, right. And in Deuteronomy 4:16 and many other places, we, you know, God tells told the Jews, do not make images of animals of of this stuff. Don't bow down to these idols that are based on the physical universe. Um, and and even in in the New Testament in uh, Romans 1, um, let's see if I can put my yeah, in verse 23, exchange the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. And then it goes on to to the familiar phrase about worshiping the creature rather than the creator. So they were worshiping created things instead of the one who created them. And I think it's interesting that you know we're supposed to take um, uh, value from nature. But we're not supposed to be worshiping nature. We're supposed to be worshiping the one who created it. Yeah, so, absolutely. Interesting. Yes, good good points. Uh, and there are still so many idol worshippers today, right? Uh, and false god worshippers, uh, and worshiping the creation. Uh, certainly, uh, the eclipse helps us to realize the folly in something right, like that. Exactly. You know, we have to ask ourselves: Why would we worship the, the various things in creation? when we are part of that same creation ourselves. Right. So, in effect, we might as well worship ourselves. And, and really, that's what a lot of people do when, when when you get right down to it by their corruption of the worship and the, doing things outside the authority of the Scriptures. They're worshiping their self. They're doing things the way they want it rather than the way God wants it. But we, when we think about this magnificence of the eclipse and the things God has done and demonstrated to us in nature, it ought to clearly tell us that that's not what we ought to be looking at. We need to be looking at what's beyond that. What caused that? What created that? That's is some whoever could do something as awesome as that. That's who we need to be worshiping. Absolutely. Um, uh, Dwight says, "Isn't it amazing how God holds all the constiga- constellations together? Each day, I can always see the Big Dipper. God keeps it there." And uh, Stephen says, "Evidence of another recurring celestial phenomena." And um, and so certainly. It is uh, amazing uh, when we see the power of God in the universe yeah. around us. I mean, speaking of the constellations, I mean, we don't think about it today. I, I'm, maybe they're still used, but obviously if it weren't for the stars and the predictability of their locations uh, during the year, we would. Columbus may never have found <laughs> North yeah. America, right? Yeah. So the sailors used those and depended on those, and yeah. it's amazing that when you, you see the design, uh, there and it's it's pretty incredible. All right, uh, we asked the question about uh, the, how did the the eclipse illustrate judgment to come. Um, uh, Chris says, with all these evidences of God being our Creator and the reliability of His Word, we can be certain that everything in the Bible, including the fact that every human will be judged, uh, certainly I think that helps us t- to realize it. Um, and it caused me to stop and think about how Jesus will come again in the clouds. Mm-hmm. And uh, I told someone that I think that's that this eclipse that we witnessed will be the most amazing thing that we'll see until we see Christ returning. You know, in Acts chapter 1, verse 9, um, and why, when he had spoken these things, this being Christ, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus which was taken up from you into heaven shall also come in a like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So that, the glory of that sight that we saw will pale into comparison to Christ coming again. Yeah. Um, and uh, and certainly uh, it will be an amazing thing. Second Peter chapter three verse ten. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall melt, pass away with great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. As magnificent as this world is. And as incredibly large as it is, all of this is going to be dissolved, 
we have to stop and think about that as we observe something like the eclipse. Right. And, uh, you know, I think I even saw some people kind of making a lot of jokes about, uh, oh, you know, this is going to be it. You know, maybe I may not see you Tuesday. This this is going to be the end of the world. You know, people kind of joking, making light of, but it kind of made me think about, you know, speaking of judgment and the end of things, you know, no, this is not, you know, this is not going to be it because we can predict this eclipse and we knew it was coming there's no chance that this is the end of of the world uh and even on a you know sort of interestingly you know it says that jesus is going to come and we would all you know be able to see him and i guess it's kind of silly but you think about well if it's dark in the middle of this eclipse i mean of course jesus could could light up the sky but it just didn't seem like uh didn't seem like the right time but um you know, I thought it was interesting too. Just a funny personal note here. In, in that verse you just read in Second Peter three ten, talks about when the end does come, there will be a great noise. My, one of my nephews is autistic, and when we were all getting real excited, right as it was about to get dark, he started covering his ears, and I was like, "No, it's not going to be any noise," you know. <laughs> but uh, but that's no. not going to be the case when uh, when the end comes. You know, another thing I thought about it with this eclipse is we knew when it was going to happen. Right. As I mean. I, we couldn't see the moon coming, but you knew right. when it was going to happen, and you could, you, you were ready for it. Right, the, right. This this coming of Christ will be something that is not announced. You're not right. going to wake up today and say, you know what, today's the day. Yeah. It's going to be at one thirty, and be looking, but it, it will happen, uh, and it will be uh, uh, unannounced and unfortunate for many who are not prepared. Money. You know, when we think about the eclipse. As grand and awesome and spectacular as it was, didn't everybody get a chance to see it? You know, the whole world wasn't able to see that. But we, we know as we study the New Testament that when Jesus comes back, it says every eye is going to see it. We're all going to know it. He's not going to come back and it be a surprise or just this 13 states across North America are going to get to see it or something like that. But so as grand and awesome as this was, it's nothing in comparison to when Jesus comes back and how how incredibly spectacular that's going to be. All right. Uh, let us know your thoughts. 877-381-45. Well, we're out of time. We, you, can't, uh, you're, you, you haven't dialed yet. You're not getting through. Uh, my father in the chat room references 2 Peter 3, 3 through 7, um, and uh, he, where uh, it says, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and earth, are, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Uh, God's in control. And we saw that on Monday with the eclipse. He's still in control. And uh, that control will cause this world to be brought to an end at some point. You know, the fact that God has said as long as the world stands, there will be seed time and harvest, and all these natural functions will continue. And we can see that it has is a guarantee that what he also said about the judgment to come is going to take place. Yeah, that's right. And I like what Donna says in the chat room. This is a good way to end our program. If only people would prepare for Jesus' coming like they did for the eclipse. Amen. Uh, amen to yeah, that. That's yeah. well said. That's a, that's a good observation there. Folks, this is on their calendar. They weren't going to miss it. They were going to be ready. They had all their stuff in. They had their glasses. They had... All the preparations made, but there's little concern for uh, that one big event that is coming that we all must be prepared for. All right. Uh, Chris sits in Georgia says, I'm thankful that God does not demand we blindly believe that he created everything. He gave us such solid proofs and amazing evidences that is, it is just irresponsible and reckless to not believe. Thank you for that, Chris. I agree. All right. Any other thoughts tonight? Kyle. Anything from you? No, which I was going to reiterate what the, uh, Donna was saying. That's, that's, that's the truth. And everybody, nice big, huge crowd sitting in their chairs waiting. It's, you know, if everybody was as prepared, that's that's something to think about. Though. So, that's yeah. an excellent comment. Monty? I think we pretty much covered it all real well. It's just uh, all this, as awesome as it was, is nothing compared 
it's just one small demonstration of the power of God. All right. Thank you for being here. And Anthony, any thoughts from you? No, I think a great, great topic and lots of tie-ins. And I think, you know, we don't have to have an eclipse to, to see, like you said, I think you made this comment at the beginning of the program. You know, the eclipse was amazing, but there's amazing things around us every day. Just the fact that we're breathing is pretty amazing. So, uh, so we, you know, again, and as Chris said, to not, to not see God, as it mentions in Romans one twenty, to not see that is uh, is kind of dangerous and reckless. Yeah, and maybe just a, a, an a encouragement to stop and consider the world right, around us and right. the amazing things we take for granted every day. Just the smallest things, and, exactly. uh, and, and uh, that God has created them, and certainly shows His power. Thank you all for being here. Thank you, Kyle, for getting us on the air tonight. Thank you for listening. Hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word, and we encourage you to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.